1: Good morning, Jews and Gentiles, boys and girls. You are now tuned in to the fourth episode of 90 Degrees, where we are giving the right sports betting angles. On this episode, as our guest, we have James Liang. He is a sharp college football better who models college football, that is, uh, from Michigan, where he lives. Uh, His day job is as a pharmacist. Uh, Some more on that later. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to let you guys, the listeners, know that I've been playing around with some music because I'm an undercover musician of sorts for an intro or an outro song for the 90 Degrees podcast. So, right now is the world premiere of Big Bomb Bangers by Boogie Down Picks. Big bomb bomb bangers boogie down pits Bangers Big bangers bangers bomb boogie down pits Bangers big bangers big bangers bangers boogie down pits Big bangers big bangers bangers bomb boogie down pits Bangers bangers big bomb bomb bangers boogie down pits Bangers Big Bangs, song. Broke down, Fix. Okay, James, what do you think of the uh, the outro or intro song? Oh, that's that's the stuff right there. I'm uh, I'm head bobbing right now. I'm ready to go. That's right. So a little trivia for those listeners is back in the day when I was a teenager, I used to bust some rhymes myself. For whatever reason, I stopped because I got hooked on politics and sports betting, but I guess this podcast is sort of an inspiration to make more big bomb bangers. So to break the ice, James, why don't you tell us about your background in sports and how that turned into a background in sports betting?
0: Sure. Well, um, I didn't actually start betting on college football until I was done playing it. So um, other things though, I was, I was into um you know ever since I was a little kid that was really obsessed with sports so um every morning growing up in the metro Detroit area when I was really young I would get up and the free press would be delivered to my house and I would get up and go grab out the sports and the comic sections and um pretty much read the sports section from the beginning to the end so it didn't really matter what it was i read about everything in there. And of course they had like the daily line in there. So at that point when I was like five, it was kind of confusing as to what was happening, but, um, I asked my dad about it and he kind of explained it, uh, even though he was not into sports wagering. Um, so yeah, I got those and the comics in pretty much, uh, every day that they were there, the comics were only really good on the weekends, but, um, yeah, the sports page was good it all the time. So there were some really good sports writers uh, at, for that paper.
1: At what point did you see the sports column think, Oh, I could beat sports betting. Was it not until your playing career was over or did you say, Hey, I can't bet on football cause I'm playing it. I'm going to try betting on some other
0: sports. I think I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to beat that. But um, yeah, no, it was, there was some uh, NFL um, wagering when I was in college and maybe even in high school. The, I think the first thing that I ever really wagered on sports-wise was the 97 Masters. Uh, I was working at a restaurant, and this place was just full of college guys and girls working. It was probably the most fun place I've ever worked at in my life. But, um, of course, there was like a bookie that worked – in the restaurant that was in college. And that was like his secondary income. And then everybody in there was always trying to wager on something. So the 97 masters had a pool and um, everybody threw in, I think it was 20, everybody threw in like $20, but there was like, you know, probably 30 people that threw in 20, maybe, maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure. Um, And I wanted tiger and he wasn't available and I'm like, I'm out, you know, you know, I'm not, I don't know any of these guys. I don't know anything about golf, which I didn't. I, had, I just knew like there was this kid and I've watched him in the amateurs and I was like, this dude's sick. And so I wanted to bet on him. And um, eventually the, the manager of the store who had him was like, you know what? I'm not betting on there's no way this kid, you know, like 22 year old kid or however old he was at that point, winning the masters. I, I'm taking somebody else so you can have him. So I got in that. And of course, we are taking puffy woods. Yeah, of course. In 97, I mean, that was, that was the legendary master. So the first bet I ever really placed on sports, I won. And then it was just from there, I think it kind of just snowballed. You know, I got in with the, the other buster that was working at the time. He and I, we had that money and we used to, we used to do stuff, stupid stuff with our money, like throw these huge parties. And, and um, we took half of the money and then he had made a lot of money. So we were gonna bet on an NFL game, like you know the next the next year. So we kind of held on to this, held on to some of this cash, so we could wager it on on football. And um, there was like a Pittsburgh Monday Night Football game, and we won some money on that. And then just been gambling ever since, I guess. Um, so was, parties was the in Tiger
1: Woods is how you started your bankroll.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, we used to have these these parties in uh, in the in these fields and it wasn't our property. It was our, it was our buddy's grandpa, grandpa's property. And we worked at this restaurant that was kind of by an old school mall. So there was a lot of traffic in there. And, you know, so we had all these flyers and, you know, this is, this is the late nineties. So, you know, you didn't have all the tracking devices and, and everything now, this, this would never happen today, but you know, any cute girl, Hey, here's a flyer having a party this weekend. So yeah, those parties were, enormous and we did make quite a bit of profit off that so that was our that was our gambling role um you know for the next season which
1: so your gamble was you had the a gamble that the party wouldn't get busted by the cops oh it a, did gamble that, en- <laughs> that enough people would come and then see you would have to gamble that you buy enough booze for everyone <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, I think we threw three or four of these parties and every single one ended up in just an an absolute debacle with a bunch of emergency vehicles, uh, law enforcement, people running into the woods. You know, I think we were, we were about 18 years old at the time. So maybe 17, 18 years old. So it it got pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. I can, I can only imagine, Uh, but at least you still got a football scholarship. So you got your football scholarship, you're playing football.
0: How did that go? Uh, that went really well. Um, to be honest, I probably needed the structure in my life of, of playing college football. It's very, very demanding of uh, sport. You have, you know, lots of time requirements every week, I would say, you know, in addition to your schooling, 20 to 30 hours is probably pretty, pretty average as to what you would, you would be doing. I mean, even more. I'm sure. Uh, Doesn't sound as good there. as throwing parties. No, the, well, we still threw some of those, but we had to, they were a little bit, a little bit different <laughs> than in the field. They weren't in fields. And you were at a Division two school, right? That's correct. Yeah, but yep. you did get recruited by I think
1: Akron. I remember you telling me.
0: Uh, no, no, no. We uh, we just practiced there once for mm. um, we played. We practiced in the Rubber Bowl for one of our playoff games um because it was it was on the way to Pennsylvania so uh, okay they should uh, just no. have you play Akron you might have won uh today's Akron that would probably would have been a pretty good game let's if, if I'm being honest we had uh we had a lot of dudes on our team that uh, eventually played in in the NFL and 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 did some big things so it, it might have been a better game than than we thought I don't know we'd, we'd have to model that you know I don't know if we can model uh, the 2001-2 uh, NCAA Division II schools, uh, schools versus uh, today's Akron. That might be tough.
1: Well, that definitely you know, brings up a modeling question in general that's useful for college football, which is not only the small data sets, but if you have two lopsided teams, like a Division two playing a weak Division one team, what's going to happen in the second half? Is Akron just going to keep firing, uh, or are they just going to run out the clock? How do you determine as a college football better uh, different teams, tendencies in
0: blowout games? So that would be very difficult to do. Um, you really have to go into the play by play and, and look at what certain teams do. If you're, if you were doing it seriously, games like that are, are very difficult because if you're anticipating somebody to be up by, you know, four or five touchdowns in the third or fourth quarter. Um, you kind of have to look at, for instance, let's, let's just take Alabama, I guess. Um, you know, uh, when they were really steamrolling people, what are they going to do in the second half? And that's mostly uh, hand the ball off to, you know, their backup five-star running backs and or, you know, run, Uh, You know, a few short play action passes, but really they're just trying to get the heck out of there without getting injuries um, versus possibly a a team like, I don't know, uh, Western Kentucky or something that's just going to recently they were up by, you know, 40 and they're just still throwing the ball all over the place because that's just what they do. They don't really change what they do. So it's really a team by team basis. I don't have any way personally to uh, work that into the math without doing some additional uh, manual handicapping after the fact.
1: So now doing a rewind. So you had your playing career in college, uh, eventually, uh, your career ended and you had to get a, a job not related to football. At what point did you say, Hey, I should start betting on college football, uh, based on my past betting experiences and my knowledge
0: of the sport. So, um, this guy that I played with, um, like my freshman year and uh sophomore year at, um, at school there, he, we just call him the Duke, but the Duke, he was really into the, the gambling, like the whole time out the casinos, everything. Like he just, he just loved to go. I think he was just, he always grew up that way. So, um, we would head out to the, the casinos, every once in a while, um, during the middle of the week and everything. And he, he kind of got me into, um, the PPH that I still actually have to this day. Um, he had a lot of connections in, in that world, which I was really unfamiliar with, but he and the, he and his group of friends were really into, um, college football, um, wagering. So, they had like all of the old North coast sports newsletters and and all that kind of stuff. And they would email them around and then people would talk about them a little bit and, and uh, make wagers on that. So, I mean, it was always fun. I think right after I, right after I was done playing, probably the year or two after I started betting a little bit of college, um, but didn't really get into it until probably five years or so after that. And then it started hitting, hitting it pretty hard.
1: So uh, your friend who was the uh, really into betting, who was on the football team, was he betting on football himself?
0: I think he still does, but I don't think that he was actually wagering on the games while we were while we were there, although well, I mean, for like other schools, not for like you guys. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't but I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. He might have been. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't put wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I remember um, one game that we had in the local in the local paper, um, or like the Detroit Free Press, or at least, I don't know, it was probably more than one game, but they used to have the lines for the local teams. And so, (laughs) so our line was on there. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, we're favored by seven today. (laughs) Just like stand on the sidelines with (laughs) them.
1: They had division
0: two lines. They did in the, um, in the free press, like it was a big game. Uh, We were, there were a couple really good schools in division two back when I played. And and when we played um, some of the main ones, they would put like their line in there. I don't remember who was the one actually making them, but they would, they would put the free press line in there. Like whatever. I played in the um, what's now the GLIAC uh, conference. And there was like, Wayne State, Ferris State, Saginaw Valley State, Grand Valley State. In um, those, and so they would put the lines in occasionally. I don't know. Maybe they even put them in every week, but I just happen to know that week because we were standing on the sidelines. He's like, the guy's favored by seven today. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think those lines were accurate? Oh no! Yeah, I mean, I would like. I, Cause I don't remember really what any of them were offhand. I just remember that one because he mentioned it to me while we were actually playing in the game. So that was, uh, was okay. So something that stuck the game in my mind. We're favored by seven. <laughs> yeah. It just always, it just always stuck in my mind. Cause I, I think we actually, I think we won that game like 17 to three or something. So I guess it was semi-accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's a touchdown off. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's,
1: who knows? I mean, you know, it could you're go saying either you're way. spread at seven, you're saying it's basically a one possession game. When you say saying basically, you're saying it's a one possession game yeah. where
0: you guys are going to win. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't remember any real details from that game. So it could have been, could have been lucky. could have been pretty close, you know, yardage wise or, or whatever. So with you betting into these PPHs,
1: um, did these bookies kind of try and get info about football games from you? Or did they just take your bets and view you as a client rather than somebody to get some information for, from?
0: Well, up until, you know, the last few years, um, I would say, you know, my gambling patterns were quite different than what they are now. Um, you know, you always had, um, you know, only really one place to play, at least where, where I live, or you had, um, at the most, I think I had were like three different guys, you know, I just didn't have a whole lot of, a lot of opportunity to get out or you had three guys and maybe an offshore back in, you know, before everything went away. So, mm. you know, you didn't have a whole lot of places to play until, um, until legalization. So that really changed what I do completely. It's it's totally two different things. What I do now versus, versus what I did then. So I don't think I was providing them any good information at that point, even, you know, towards the end when I did have a model that I felt was working, um, you know, lines didn't come out till Monday. So, um, I wasn't able to get anything in prior to Monday until I think last season was the first time that I was actually able to do that. Mm. So legalization
1: happened. What kind of kick in the pants did that give you to think, oh, wow, there's so many markets I can hit that I had no idea existed until now.
0: Yeah. So that was really when, um, really when things changed for me was, was when legalization hit um, just being able to see all the different lines and, and markets that you could get involved with. And then being able to take what I had been working on and use it earlier uh, you know, pretty much right. When stuff came out um, circle would release stuff at, at 2 PM and then uh, maybe DraftKings would release some stuff later. And I was able to get, Way more um, value on lines than I was previously when anything that I could get was just coming out on on Monday. That was the real eye opener for me, where I was like, "Man, this is this is where I can this is where I can win consistently." Versus you know before that was not winning consistently. So you're just able to fire on
1: lines early on rather than waiting for the lines to get shaped, and that was the biggest game breaker for you yeah and i certainly i noticed from knowing you because we met at Bet Bash. that's where all of us meet so betbash three if you guys are listening please come because you'll you will learn a lot of shit so um you have all these lines and you set them early in the week usually like while the games are going on until the next week and one thing i've noticed talking to you because we talk a couple times a week is we'll talk about what games we like and the vast majority of the games you like early in the week move in your favor, uh, closing line value. And even when I say, oh, I disagree with you, I'm going to take the other side. <laughs> usually it's you that gets the closing line value and not me. Is there any sort of variables that you are taking to account when you're betting these early lines that you think most bettors are missing
0: or most bookmakers are? I think i really wish i knew the answer to that um so i have a lot of variables in the model but how i chose them i'm not sure of what the science was behind it um when i first started trying to build it the first thing i did was just purely a power rankings type of model and that was the first thing that i built just because i wanted to kind of understand taking some other people's numbers who have been doing this a long time. And I'm going to get kind of a consensus and see, you know, where this line might be. And it was, it was relatively accurate as to what the lines, the lines would be, but we're not trying to predict those. We're trying to beat the lines. Right. So, um, you know, after I used the power rankings to kind of give me a, a sense of where, where these games might be, I tried to doctor it up a little bit using some of the things that I thought impacted games. Um, And that was like, okay. But really where it got a lot better was listening to a lot of information, a lot of different modelers and what kind of things they use. Right. And you just start writing them down. And um, I wrote down a bunch of things. And then after that, it was like, man, there's, you know, a hundred things that could impact a game. How do I simplify this? Um, and I heard somebody say, uh, I can't remember who, but it was it was a respected modeler on on one of the radio shows or uh, a podcast, one or the other. That you know, you don't want to have a ton of variables, otherwise, you know, you're making things too complicated. So, because of, if one of
1: your variables is off, it fucks up the whole model.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so what I really wanted to concentrate on were things I could consistently get the numbers for, right. And that weren't luck, things that, things that didn't move, you know, too much away from, you know, a standard bell curve. Um, so that's kind of how I put the the variables together. And then to be honest with you to this day, I still don't know how the heck uh, I came up with the model. Exactly. Um, it was a lot of playing around with, simple math and learning how to use Excel um, in which I'm still like, okay at using it, but it was a lot of YouTube. How do I do this in Excel? And, you know, figuring that out. And, and then once you forget it, you have to YouTube it again. Yeah, no, or go or I, go back. <laughs> I go back and look at my formula and I'm like, okay, this is what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly, I mean, a lot of people
1: model with more complicated programming languages and it helps them, but a good deal of your modelers just use Excel. And, um, you know, it's still you have to know what you're doing in your modeling, but it's not as intimidating as it looks once you start taking little bites out of the apple. So now you got these great numbers that beat the closing line and you're in a regulated sports betting state and you're putting money down into these apps. So, How long does it take you to get limited and what sort of tricks do
0: you do to avoid getting limited? Well, it didn't take as long as I thought it would take, or I'd actually never thought that it would really happen to me because, you know, as much as maybe this is some um, pro level model or, you know, lower level pro level model or high novice, um, I don't really bet pro money, I don't think. And so I thought, you know, as long as I'm not wagering a lot of money, I should be able to still bet on what I want to, but lesson here, if you're listening, uh, it doesn't matter. I could probably have been betting $50 and they would still limit me. I think that, um, if you're betting sharp sides consistently, they're going to probably find you even if you're not really winning a lot of money from them. So what are the apps that have
1: really been stringent on you in terms of, uh, cutting you off?
0: Uh, well, anything can be, uh, that's been a, that's been a problem. Um, so most, most of those, most of those books are kind of out for me or I can only, you know, I'll put in whatever I'll put in a three, $400 bet. And they're like, you can have forty six fifty, or, you know, sometimes it's like $10. Um, MGM recently, I tried to put in an NFL bet of all things, like an NFL total. I tried to bet like $300 on an NFL total and they told me I could have $5. So um, yeah, that's been fun. And then uh, the biggest assholes, of course, were uh, William Hill slash Caesars. I, for some reason, I was able to sign up with everybody the first day for uh when FAFSA went through Michigan first day signed up for everything I could sign up for um lots of bonuses at the time things like that so I'm like okay I'm gonna get a bankroll for some reason could not sign up for Caesars which I think might even been something else at the time so William Hill I think yeah it was just William Hill because they had William Hill and then they had a separate Caesars casino app yeah so it was just straight William Hill and it it was like messing up or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got on the phone with them. Didn't work. Okay. Well I can be without that one. I got 10 other ones, you know? So time went by about recently. um, We'll say in the last couple months, I tried to go back and finally get signed up. I'm like, I'm going to take the time and call the customer service and go through that, which I hate doing, but I did anyway. And at the end, the guy's like, your account is uh, flagged, uh, something, uh, we'll have somebody reach out. I'm like, oh, okay, great. I have an account that's flagged, but I've never even placed a bet here. Great, you know. So, guy gets a hold of me, email back, he says, I'll get back to you within you know 48 hours. Nothing, so I email back the guy, and I finally got a response back like 24 hours later, and it's like, a business decision has been made, your account will not be you know, basically you'll never be able to open an account. So, um, yeah, I never even got to open an account. They just cut me, cut me off without even letting me open one place. One bet. It was just like a bad circumcision when they cut you off. Oh, that's it was, it was
1: bad. It was, it was definitely bad. <laughs> so now, uh, one big thing about you as a better is you link up with other betters and you network. So you can figure out what's going on in different places of the world, as well as especially a sport like college football where there's injury news all over the place. Before Bet Bash, did you have a network of
0: bettors that you worked with, uh, or were you just flying solo? No, Bet Bash has been has been huge. I mean, I I knew a couple other people who placed bets, but they weren't necessarily sharp guys, or you know, they knew a lot about football, but they would just kind of wager on on feel right which I learned after a while that you can do that a little bit but you've got to have some solid foundation you can't the pulse of the public is really like almost something if you're listening to it closely and everybody's like yeah this is going to be a blowout this is going to be a blowout almost like okay this is some time to look at the other team um but um that's just as you as you learn you kind of you kind of feel that out so I didn't have anybody uh, obviously, like the guys that I've met at Bet Bash, that's been a uh, real game changing for me being able to have some other people who look at things um, in different ways and are always watching the market and are in tune with the news, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that is something that if you're thinking of going to Bet Bash 3 as really a you know, more of a recreational player, which I still consider myself just like a really high level recreational player. Um, not a pro level player is you can meet other people, uh, you know, who can really help you. So, um, highly recommend just taking a shot at it. I mean, there's some people there that are definitely next level that might not really want to hang out with you the whole time, but you're going to also meet a lot of people like yourself or, um, and, and learn a lot. Yeah, definitely. I just find that
1: it's such a specific small group of people in the world that just going into a bar and watching sports and betting on it, it's hard to really like meet people that are actually paying attention to the right stuff, like using multiple apps, uh, trying to come with their own numbers. It's usually like, oh, I'm off from work. I'm just going to throw 20 bucks on the game on a five-leg parlay, and I am gonna see what happens, um, which is certainly the market that sportsbooks want to have. They want to have ed- betters that aren't educated, but for the betters that are educated, you know, where do you really go to meet other educated betters and kind of learn from each other? Um, I know in my case, I, the big turning point for me was discovering gambling Twitter because I was never on Twitter at Boogie Down Picks um, until I wanted to get connected with other sports betters, And I quickly learned <laughs> on a few concepts how full of shit I was and how other concepts I had a good pulse on. So I connected with other bettors, learned more. It was the pandemic. And then the first bet bash happened, made some connections, kept tweeting. Second bet bash happened, made even more connections. And it's, it's just kind of a grind where before you know it, you've been doing it for a while and you're continuing to you know deal with a lot of the same people. Yeah. Now, um, have you ever thought about quitting your day job and just
0: betting? Well, of course everybody's thought of that, but I do not think that would be a great idea. No. Um, you know, maybe down the road a little bit, I, you know, I might think about doing that, but um, you know, if you've listened to uh, Spanky talk at all and just say like, you know, would you do this now in this current landscape? Um, you know, he's like, no, I tell my kids no, not to do it. And I think I'm on that line too. And I, and, and, it's not whether or not you think you could win, right? Like I think now, um, at least in college football, I know that I could win. Um, other sports, I'm not sure. Would I build another model? Would I, you know, just do top-down stuff on on the opposite side um, instead of college football? Like I would do college football and then just do top-down kind of a combination. Um, you know, I've thought of that, but yeah, the ability, like, if any, if, if regulation, if like the Michigan thing has taught me anything, right. Like the legal, um, gambling has taught me anything. It's that they are not going to let pros bet. Like you've got to figure out a strategy to get down. And
1: they only let people bet a lot of
0: money if they're idiots. (laughs) Yeah. It's elaborate, right? Like you've got to have, you've got to have a great plan, not only to win, but you also have a, have to have a great plan to stay alive. And so, you know, I, I think I can make more at my day job, just, uh, you know, grinding it out. Then I, I would be able to do this. It take, it, take, it definitely takes a certain person and personality. I, it's, it's full on, um, definitely your job. If you want to do it, um, can it be done? I think so, but man, you really got to put in some time, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, Like you're in a one-bedroom apartment, uh, with a bunch of screens and no social life. Like listening to alerts, pounding probably ramen noodles or takeout, right? Like it's, it's not, um, it's not a glorious, glorious thing. If you're not paying attention all the time, you're gonna, you're gonna miss your bets, and um, you're not always gonna be able. say, Hey, look at my model. Great. I'm going to be able to get down. Maybe you can at a place like Circo, right? Which is great that they're having a model where they're not going to limit you. They're going to take the money. They're going to move off your money. Um, but other than places like that, it's really tough to get the money down to sustain, I believe. And you can't even do it in person either.
1: Um, out in Kalamazoo, it's not like you're in Vegas, right? City. Right. Or if like, they just ban you, you say, hey, you need a job. Great. Here's a brick of cash. Walk in and make my bets.
0: Right. Yeah. From where I'm at now, it's not it's not viable. Right. Like it, you've got to be able to place bets online. You've got to be able to walk into places and place bets Um you've got to be able to use kiosks, you've got to have multiple accounts, you know, you've got to have all that stuff. Um, If you really want to succeed in it, it just depends like how much you want to make from it and um, how much you want to put into it. I think if you put in the work, and you know the right people, you can do it, but you've got to be willing to do the work. And you've got to be willing to take some some risks at some point at some point you're going to probably end up in front of the gaming board or something like that, you know, Spencer. (laughs)
1: Well, uh, that, that would be another guest in the future. Uh, He's he's part of our little consortium. I refuse to call it a syndicate because we're not exactly like pro bettors that work with each other. I mean, we do work with each other, but we're not like all betting the same thing at once all over the world. (laughs) Now um, do any of your coworkers know that you're a sharp sports better or is it on
0: the down low? Uh, No, there's a couple of them that know Um, this one guy, actually he was really into sports wagering too. He doesn't work where I work anymore, but um, you know, he learned pretty fast. Like I was, I was just giving him some, some things and he was um, he was winning and then I'll tell him certain things, uh, you know, like this line's going to move, this line's going to move, and he'll – so he's caught on to it pretty fast, and now um, he's actually not wagering anymore. I I think he had kind of a bad run, but he's like, hey, you want my accounts? uh, (laughs) There they are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I noticed that it always depends on what job you're in because other jobs like, oh, yeah, you're betting on this. Oh, great. Um, Other jobs, you don't want people to think you bet at all. And then, you know, who knows, uh, but I'm sure it gets, you know, lonely in your actual life when you're spending all this time on on something you're passionate about.
0: And most of the people you run into day to day don't even do it. Yeah, it's it's weird because it, you just don't understand it, right? Like, um, it's like you said, it's a very small uh, percentage. It's definitely a niche market, like nobody else really that you just run into randomly knows that much about sports betting which is kind of cool thing about pet bash and or gambling twitter right i mean there's people on there that are super knowledgeable in you know, a way more than way the more than me that's for sure and they're um definitely better numbers people out there than than me but um it's cool to see all of the different types of people out there getting into it and the different approaches that everybody have to making money or potentially making money anyway
1: now, do you mess with any other sports betting-wise besides college football?
0: I do um, wager on some other things, but this is really what I get into. Um, I do enjoy the golf and uh, tennis, especially. Those are, those are two things I like that I think if I were to get outside of football would be my next modeling ventures, um, probably tennis first and then golf now
1: would you do like the major tennis events or
0: would you do like even the minor ones oh you got to do them all see we got to know we got to know all these guys so that would be what about table tennis table were tennis. you messing with that during the pandemic i wasn't but the guy that i was talking about before that used to uh get the information from me he was really heavy into that and he was i was cracking up every day because um that was about the same time I think everybody was riding the Hanwha Eagles in the Korean Baseball League, like losing like 30 in a row or whatever it was. It was yeah, hard. but you had some nice plus four and a half run lines. Yeah, I mean, there just the most ridiculous things you've ever seen, right? And I think... Um, at about the same time that was going on, the tennis, table tennis thing was going on. And so every morning we were kind of laughing about Korean baseball and table tennis at work. So that was kind of fun.
1: Well, that was the other thing. You couldn't like go out
0: and hang out with friends and the games would be super early in the morning. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, we were getting in. <laughs> we're on the East East uh, time zone. Right. Um, so those games would be just be finishing or. Um, you know, the table tennis was at like, whatever, 4am. So uh, he was showing me some of the clips from the table tennis, he had like screen recorded or something. And it was seriously like two dudes playing behind a curtain. It was, it was the Wizard of Oz or somebody was behind the curtain running the whole damn thing. It was it was classic. Okay, so
1: the episode is just about over. Do you have any last words for us?
0: Last words? Oh, man, that sounds... Or should I say, do you have any last <laughs> big bomb bangers? That's right. That's what it is. Big bomb bangers. No, um, I would just say, uh, if you want to build a model, it doesn't take a genius to do it, but it is going to take time and it is going to take um, dedication because um, if it's anything that I took from... You know, football and playing football and anything that I took from, you know, going through uh, pharmacy school, that type of thing, it was like structure and order. And you need a lot of it if you want to consistently be profitable uh, using a a bottom-up model, because there's a lot of data that you have to run and a lot of attention to detail that you have to put in. Um, That would be it okay
1: so that's a wrap for this week's episode next week we have a special guest that you guys are going to like a lot i guess this is when i say this is a wrap cue the big bomb bangers big bomb bomb bangers (laughs) boogie down bangers big bangers bangers bomb boogie down picks bangers big bangers big bangers bangers boogie down big bangers big bangers big Bangers, bangers, bomb, boogie down pit. Bangers, bangers, big bomb, bomb, bangers, boogie down pit. Bangers, big, bangers, bangers, bomb.